0: Welcome back to Pretend World's Real People. As always, I'm Tyler, and holy shnikes, this is it, folks. This is our 100th interview episode. I there's nothing, there's nothing to say. If you would have told me two years ago when I was talking about doing this podcast and starting it up and just talking to my friends about what we're doing when we are not auditioning or serving people, I would have said, like, oh, yeah, like. We'll, we'll probably make it to 100 in a couple of years, maybe like five years. Never would have thought it would be under two because we're still about a month away from the uh, two-year anniversary. So to all of the listeners, to all of our guests, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in, for donating your time, for enjoying the show. I love doing it. I feel like it's quickly developing into something else, and I can't wait to see what happens next. And uh, if you wouldn't mind, really quick, since we're here, before we get to the interview, drop us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It'll help us gain new listeners. It'll help us boost our numbers, go up in the rankings, so we can really sort of (laughs) blow up. And uh, who knows, maybe I could have a studio or something set up for this and turn it into sort of a longer, I don't know, longer hobby, longer career, whatever happens. But this has been a lot of fun, and I can't wait to see what else comes next. So I just wanted to say really quick, thank you so much. Uh, it means the world to me, and yeah, I, I just I have nothing else. I c- I can't say anything else. I will tell you that leaving the service industry has helped tremendously, um, just personally, mentally, um, metaphysically, <laughs> and things right now are looking really good. So uh, I can't say anything right now, but I will say I'm very happy. I'm looking forward to whatever adventure lies ahead and I hope you all join me here so uh, let's get let's get rid of the, the mushy stuff let's get down to why you're here outside of you know celebrate the podcast you are here because you're a huge fan of my guest this week I reached out uh, to his people months ago didn't think I'd hear anything back ended up having one of the best interviews of this channel by far just immediately clicked uh was <laughs> a super cool person and i just had a lot of fun chatting with him hope to have him back on the show and uh his show dark winds is actually renewed for season two so keep a lookout for that if you haven't watched it yet it's on amc uh definitely check it out if you love like true detective if you love indigenous media and television please watch dark winds it's amazing and at this point you probably already know who i'm talking about i'm talking about Kiowa Gordon. Now, he and I sort of came up, uh, he's a few years older than me, but we came up around the same time as far as like aging into who we were going to be, and he quickly shot out of a cannon to global fame when Twilight New Moon came out. Since then, he's done a plethora of projects on TV and film, whether it's Roswell in New Mexico, Blood Quantum, The Red Road, uh, obviously Dark Winds, and the the Twilight series, and he has a few more things coming up So we talk about, you know, navigating his career, how do you navigate being famous when you don't even really know who you are as a person yet, and what he's doing now, and how he sort of manages, you know, having a family and developing a career even more so. So let's uh, let's get right into it. Let's get rid of this long-winded intro, and let's dive into this amazing conversation I had with the great Kiowa Gordon. (laughs)
1: Yeah, hey listeners, what's up? I'm Kyle Gordon. Um I'm an actor and I'm a human being. <laughs> uh, yeah, so no, I come from Arizona. Uh, I'm Wallapai. I'm from tribe uh Wallapai, we're from Northern Arizona, like Grand Canyon area. So yeah, that's that's me. Hey, that's that in a nutshell, man. That's a lot to unpack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but- yeah.
0: You were You were born in Germany, though, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I was born there because my uh, my family was like out there. My dad was stationed out there when he was working oh, okay. for the CIA. So um, that was right, like at the end of the Cold War. So um, he was working on you know West Berlin side and um, trying to gather intel to you know use whatever we could to end the war. Um, yeah. And then it finally did, and you know he was they were all there. I actually have a video of them at the Berlin wall, like taking a hammer and chisel, just chiseling away. We have pieces of it still. No way. Uh, it's pretty wild. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I was in my mom's stomach at the time. And then four <laughs> months later, uh, I came out and, uh, in Berlin and, um, he goes there for like a couple months and then oh. flew back to the States because you know, my dad had no reason to be there anymore. The job's done. Um, and so we went to Falls Church, Virginia. I think that's the town, um, you know, that's where they were living because it's close to Langley and all that. Yeah. Um, and so he was going to get another job, go to, um, I think, be a, a station chief in Rome. And my mom was like, I'm moving back to the res. I'm going to take the kids. And he's like, oh, okay, well, uh, I'll quit my job then and, and move back with you guys. And uh, so, yeah, that's uh, that's how I started living on the rez yeah. um, when I was probably three. Because I think my earliest memories was there in Falls Church. We lived in this like big, like three story house with like a, a, this basement, and the basement was just filled with our toys, like Legos, Ninja Turtles, GI Joes, you know, <laughs> stuff like that, and um, our imaginations. I remember it's like it was right next to this creek um that like freeze over in the winters uh so that was like probably my first memories ever and then we moved to the res and it's like complete departure from that right like moving to like a, I think it was like a maybe a four-bedroom home and there's eight of us at this point because uh my sister my youngest sister was born in Virginia uh in 92 um and then yeah so that's that's how
0: I ended up over there holy crap man well i mean with uh, all that history in your family did you ever consider you know joining the services when you got i away? did
1: dude i was yeah. like oh i could do
0: everything my dad did you know i was like <laughs> if
1: i don't figure out what i want to do i'll either be like a cop a cia agent or like go into politics <laughs> or something <laughs> or um at one point i wanted to be like a stockbroker <laughs> no yeah, I, I was yeah i don't know what it was <laughs> dude, i was like I don't know, I grew up ultra like Mormon and conservative. So Mm -hmm. it was like uh, those those are like the options for me, like what my dad was like trying
0: to instill in in us. So uh yeah, I I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, do you still hang on to some of those those values now? I mean, even in the arts industry which I know is a complete left turn. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean you gotta have a set of of like moral you know the moral code, right? Yeah. Have those values to I mean, I believe in the golden rule. You just treat others like how you want to be treated. So that's my philosophy of life. I'm just you know, try to be a good human being to everybody. And sadly a lot of people um don't don't see it that way on, on that side. So I'm like I, I've I've had such a departure departure from there. I, like when I started acting, I I think that's when it first started 'cause like I became my own person, you know, went on my own journey. Because uh, before that I was just like in a bubble of they're making, you know. Yeah. Uh, like growing up on the res, like everybody there like they were visited upon by missionaries, you know. So uh basically everybody in my tribe is a enrolled member in the LDS church and we have a church out there and um uh, so grew up in that. And uh my dad actually was was Jewish before he converted to Mormonism um at thirteen when um, a friend of his, well he was going to school in St. Petersburg um florida i uh, asked him to go to church and he like fell in love with it i guess um and then his parents converted and then he went to byu in utah and met my mom there and then i guess the rest history they you know found love and had my oldest brother sean there in provo uh and then yeah just kept going down the line like for the next 10 years or 11 years my mom was just like pregnant turning out kids and had eight of them so it's pretty wild oh my
0: bless her for doing that man i couldn't imagine 10 years I, I have one kid i'm like what
1: <laughs> <laughs> no wonder it didn't work out for all of us in the end. <laughs> oh this is chaos it was just chaos day in and day out but yeah. it, it was fine um you know, it was nice, though, being on the risk because you can just, like, run out into your backyard and there's the Grand Canyon, and you're just, like, running around, like, oh, jumping yeah. over rattlesnakes and, and playing <laughs> with pine cones uh, and going down into the um, – we'd go down this Diamond Creek that leads open to the mouth of uh, of uh, Colorado River, right? So yeah. that would basically be our little pool. <laughs> like, but don't go out too far because then the rapids just take you away from that. Um, but, yeah, that's – it was a crazy time, man. Like, I could still remember the smell, like being down there. You smell the mud, like yeah. little little tadpool ponds, and you know, like, oh, "This is so fun being a kid and just like rolling around in the mud, uh, and then like playing like make believe out there in the woods. You know, just like making yeah. forts or whatever, and like playing house." <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, yeah. Well, it's a great space for that like growing imagination we have as your I guess boundless imagination we have as kids, you know, to even mm-hmm. go into from like from playing house and pretend to, you know, faking like battles or like UFO takeover, yeah. something crazy. You <laughs> yeah, know, like yeah, yeah, just yeah. something weird. But like when when did you like start to think, oh maybe I can do this, do what they do on like TV, or you know, if you see a movie, like well, when did that happen for you? I mean, crazy because my whole life I didn't think it
1: could. You know, like you go and you pretend, and you're like with your family, and you like you have a camcorder, you're just like shooting sketches or whatnot, making these like ridiculous things that they're really going anywhere. And like I would like tell stories with like my toys, basically like you have my GI Joes and like have them play out, and, like because it's great terrain to be out there making battles, with <laughs> Cobra versus GI Joe, and then like when. Uh, I think in the, like, 97 when, like, the power, or, like, 95 even, I think, Power of the Force came out, like, the Star Wars toys, so, like, we started getting all those for Christmas, so, like, I'd, like, oh, I got the G.I. Joes, the Star Wars, like, just make these battles together, like, create these crazy timelines, Um, so, yeah, I just never thought it would happen for me, right, like, kid growing up on the res, you're, like, oh, this isn't for us, there's nobody that does it that looks like me or anything, like, the only people we had, like, were in like these old movies you know um yeah. that were just like these leather feathers it's like graham green playing in like uh dances with wolves you know in like west studio and adam beach with smoke signals finally like 98 yeah. and so i was like well this could actually be and my mom started like getting into it in the 90s like she'd go out to hollywood and uh she'd audition for things and then she'd get like extra roles in like mars attacks or like lethal weapon and uh So I was like, oh, that's cool. So you can do it, but I guess not on like a a big scale or something. But I guess it just people weren't ready for it or or I don't know, Um, you know, because it's like there's gatekeepers and everything. Um, But I think it was finally where it became uh, something on the horizon to do was like in high school, right? It was like theater. And I'm like, oh, I'll take a I'll take a class. Um, and so I did, and I ended up getting a C and I was like, Oh, I, cause I didn't really do like the written work, you know, that you're supposed to, you're supposed to do like a final one, like, right. Yeah, you Great. In the class. I'm like, I don't like doing that. So yeah, but I could perform and all that, but, <laughs> but that was it. And so I just stopped. I was like, Oh, this, I guess I just, this isn't my route. So I just like, became like a burnout and just hung, hung out with my friends all day. And didn't do much. We're like, Oh, let's start a band or something. Uh, but so here's the story I um where it really kind of transitioned I was living with my dad my parents separated when I was 11 and um uh he was away in Iraq I guess uh training the Iraqi police like with like military training or something um working under like as a private contractor and um uh, so I threw uh, a party while he was way at his house in high school. And, um, like, I don't know, everybody heard, heard about it, right? So everybody invited their friends. and Then everybody outside of school started inviting their friends. And they started, people started hearing about it. And then uh, eventually, like, these, I guess, local gangs started hearing about it. So they was like, oh, these, we heard about this party. Let's go do it. So just, like it was supposed to be like a triple kegger, but we ended up only getting one keg um and you know I'm more and I didn't drink at the time I I just wanted to facilitate a, a fun time for people and have a good time with my friends I didn't think it would be as big as it was and uh I remember when the first people were trickling in there's like maybe 30 of us right and my friend brings over the keg cuz he he got the hook up um uh and then my sister comes over and she's like what are you doing I'm like Oh hey, I didn't know. Why, why are you here? Uh, she's like, you you can't have this party. You got to stop this. Or so I'm gonna I'm gonna tell the bishop because like you know Mormon right? We're like in a little Mormon town in Mesa, Arizona. After I left the res um, when I was about eight, uh, so we moved and to then to Phoenix because uh, my dad wanted us to go to better schools, and he got a job at the Capitol, um, being a representative at the time. Uh, so fast forward back to 2008. I believe when I had this party, was it two thousand eight? Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Oh, um, holy crap. Yeah, it was, it was. So uh so yeah, she she calls the bishop and he comes over and he's like, You gotta shut this down or I'm gonna call the cops and all this stuff. I'm like, please don't and I, I don't know what to do. There's already too many people here now. now there's like a hundred people and you're like, um, they're not gonna listen to me. I don't know half these people uh you know half of them are from even my school they're just random um so i'm like uh oh, this is too big now i can't so maybe you could call the cops i don't know uh but yeah i was like okay i'll I'll shut it down and then they left um but then by this point my sister's like all right i'll just stay and make sure they don't fucking burn down the house so excuse my language but <laughs> no go yeah, that's fine man go for it yeah yeah so <laughs> uh ended up being like maybe 250 people finally show up, and I'm just like, okay, whatever. I'm just gonna hang out in my room now because people are just being rambunctious, and it's like people trying to like dry hump each other in the living room. I'm like, <laughs> dude, this is so out of hand, and I can't be like, hey, party's over, guys. I'm like a little shrimp dude. Like, I'm 17, maybe 18 at this point, actually. No, no, I 17. So I go into my room <laughs> and uh i'm just like hanging out with a handful of my close friends smoking weed whatever um and i remember hearing like i don't know somebody's like oh hey somebody's knocking on the door and i don't know why they're not just coming in so they're like somebody opens the door and it's the cops and they just like come in right and they're like raiding the place it's like gang enforcement uh cops so because they heard that there was, like, gangs going on or something. They thought it was, like, some crazy thing. And, uh, of course, the, the bishop fucking did it. Um, and so I'm in my room, like, all right, everybody shut up. Maybe they won't come in here. <laughs> and, like, I, I locked my door. And you just hear people, like, oh, my God, it's cops. I'm, like, running. just mad dash to get over the walls and stuff, you know. Run out. People go into the bathroom flushing their drugs or whatever. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, like, holy crap, man, this is crazy. So I'm, like, just close the door. I'm, like... And then people are coming like, let me in, let me in. I'm like, okay, let some people in. And I'm like, all right, we gotta be quiet. Turn off the lights. And so they're like going throughout the house. You know, they ended up uh, going through the house, you know, and, and and coming into my room. And they're like trying to open the door. was locked, and they're like about to bust it down. So somebody opens it. They just come out. And I lay on my bed and like pretend like I'm sleeping. Oh and they come God. in and open the <laughs> light. And some dude, they're like long rifles, like poke me. They're like, hey, get up, get up. I'm like, oh, oh what's up? And he's like who are you is this your place i'm like yeah it's me and my my dad's place he's like okay what's your name how old are you all this stuff and i told him and uh like so what did your dad do where's your dad i'm like oh he's in iraq so you're gonna pull this shit while your dad's fighting for your country i'm like give me this uh (laughs) i'm a kid dude um so we like go like because they usher us in like my big like living room area and we're all sitting down. Some people are wearing zip ties, <laughs> like cuff. And then oh, they start man. breathalyzing everybody, making sure everybody's of the age, and like giving out MICS, uh, minor consumption, you know, uh, for like the the young people. And I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I don't drink. Um, and uh, yeah, so they just had like the freaking breathalyzers and like pop it in each time, doing these kids, pop it out, and just throwing the trash on the ground. And um and then kids started asking me to go to the bathroom to flush their drugs, I guess. And uh, so they'd do that and, <laughs> and the cops would like watch them in the door. Um and it was just so bizarre. But anyways, um so that happened. It ended, busted up and um so a bunch of people just like left and the cops were just sitting there talking to me, you know, reaming me out and they like there was like one dude left behind and I I guess he was in, like, a gang or something, but I don't know why he was, like, just allowed to just stay there, but he's like, hey, man, or the cops were like, okay, have a good night and uh, clean all this mess up and don't do this again or something, like, okay, Uh, and then the guy that was hanging back, he was like, hey, man, that was really messed up, that was really cool, thank you uh, for having us, I'll help you clean up a bit, and so we're, like, going around cleaning up all that trash and, like, whatever. And we're going around, like, find little baggies of, like, drugs. <laughs> I'm like, what the <laughs> hell is this crazy, dude? I'm like, wow, people just throw it in. Oh, yeah, left and right, you know. And the uh, cops didn't really search the house or anything. Um, So that happened, and then everybody knew about it, right? And so my mom's like, hey, you you dad isn't around much, and you can't really look after you, so you should probably come move with me. And it was, like, a 45-minute ride up north to Cape Creek, Arizona. and. Uh, In her church, the the ward she's in, um, the writer of Twilight, Stephanie Meyer, ended up like going to that church, and so I had to go to church every Sunday with them, you know, and um, going to Sunday school after we take the sacrament. She was the teacher there, and so you know, a couple months into it, like the first Twilight was like coming out, the movie, Mm. and then they were just casting for the second one, so she's like, hey. Um, they're casting for the the second book um, being adapted in the movie and you should totally go audition for one of the wolves. Um, you know, and I was like, oh, what? Okay, sure. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's crazy. And I really started thinking, like, whoa, what if I could do this, you know, and this could change my life forever mm-hmm. and for the better, you know, because I didn't have any direction in life. And so... You know, my mom gets me like an acting coach and get the sides or whatever. Cause it's like an open casting call. It's a big, big thing. You're trying to find the wolf pack. Right. And yeah. So in the U S and in Canada, they were just like put out a, a summons basically <laughs> just <be> like, Hey, <laughs> come am in and uh, see if you're right for this. So every, every native person, every indigenous person went out for, for all the roles and, um, it, they had one in Phoenix and then one in in Canada, and so me and uh me and Alex Mraz, who ended up being in the, the movie as well. We went and auditioned and that was that was a trip like I was just you know I just like try to memorize these lines I'm like, oh my God, how do people do this and um I'd just like sit there and like listen to my headphones and listen to my like favorite band uh circuit Survive, while getting into it. and then my mom and my sister like you need to stop you need to focus you need to read your lines and like what do you mean i'm trying to calm down I'm like what's the music like get out of here don't put any more pressure on me um so i go in and i'm like waiting there's like 100 people waiting to be seen and i'm like it's like whittling down whittling down i'm like waiting and it finally gets to me and um i go in and i'm like at the time i had really long hair my hair's like down in my face right i'm like a senior in high school and, uh, so I go in and like, we do a read, but they're like, Hey, um, can you actually go to the bathroom and like just run some water through your hair and like push your hair back because we want to see your face? And like, oh yeah, right, okay. So I do that and uh, come back in. Like you come back out and there's like people waiting now, oh uh how how'd it go? I'm like, I actually have to just go to the bathroom real quick and go back in. Um and yeah, and then they were like showing me like um auditions of this one dude. So like like to like show me how auditions are done or something almost like because you know this is my first audition ever. Yeah. and i was like oh wow thanks guys like thanks for taking the time to do this like that's crazy for like a casting director to do um but so i read for this role of uh, paul right and um you know i had to huff and puff and blow the house down you know like it was like a scene where i had to transform into wall. <laughs> i was like i was like really getting into it, it and like just like screaming and like going big and I feel like I was transforming into a werewolf <laughs> ah, it was
0: crazy and then they <laughs>
1: had me read for another role for Embry and then for Quillaterra, and it was just so such a trip I was like this is the auditioning process this is scary as hell and it's like it's not even like how it is no, it's not how yeah. it is. I guess it is. just seeing how comfortable and confident you are or something I don't know so that happened and you know they thank me for my time and then I left and um uh, it was it was down to me and and Alex were there in the room and he went in and he comes out and my mom's like talking to him and stuff he's like if this if if you guys get it just I want you to take care of my boy <laughs> and he's only like four years older than me or something so so funny um no six maybe so I was I was 18 he was 24 at the time I think and so then we go home you know that's that I'm like oh my god I wonder if It was any good or whatnot because they don't really like make you feel like that good about it but um so like it was December I think when I auditioned and then it's like Christmas goes by New Year's goes by and you're like huh aren't we supposed to hear back or something so I was just like whatever I guess I didn't do it my life's not changing (laughs) whatever I'll just start a band and just do that um then one day like four weeks later I was like you know, playing on my Xbox in my room, my mom comes. to Guy, I just got this email. They want you to. They want you for the part. I'm like, what? No way! They're like, yeah. The Embry calls. It's like, wait, Embry? Did I audition? Oh, oh yeah, I think I did. Embry, what a weird name. Okay, well, that's crazy. And like, my heart. I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be in a movie. That's so crazy. And it's like, and then Twilight just came out. You know, like, yeah. and it was huge. And you're like, oh my god, this is gonna be big. Um. And so, yeah, so in March, go out to Vancouver. Well, first we had to fly to LA, me and Alex together flew out of Phoenix to LA, and then we had to like go to these uh, big boy studios, I think it was, it was like Phil Tippett's studio. Uh, he did like Star Wars and Jurassic Park and stuff, um, for like the animatronics, and then he got into CGI after Jurassic Park because oh. he knew that animatronics were like a dying thing, right? uh so we had to do like a whole body scan like a little xerox copy of us because they're like oh we're gonna have you transform into worlds and stuff with this and also we'll probably make some toys i was like no way that'd be so safe be immortalized forever um so we go there and then fly to vancouver and then start doing prep work meet all the cast and the director and the producers and go to like dinners and stuff and then um do tests and then I had to do, like, a wig test, get that, get, like, a $10,000 wig made for me. And I'm like, I already have long hair, Why do I need a wig? And it was only for one freaking scene. <laughs> so funny. And it's my first scene, too. So it's like, why don't you just have me have my long hair and then cut it? But, you know, that's how not, not how movies work. Um, so it was pretty funny. Um, so, yeah, they cut my hair and then I had to put the wig on. And it's, like, totally not my, like real hair right and my hair never looks like it's like super wavy and thicker than like my hair is super like straight and like thin and, you know it's full but like not so luscious like that but it yeah. was so wild um so yeah when we were doing testing like the director's like hey we're gonna we're gonna get you guys into some training um because uh, they looked at our our bodies you know and we weren't very sculpted so, <laughs> so they're like we're gonna get you into it training regimen so we had like two weeks of uh, like a basic like a wolf boot camp <laughs> uh and uh, i think it's one of the guys that trained the spartans in 300 so oh. we had to do that just just very rigorous intense training for two weeks straight <laughs> and i was like how is this even going to do anything um, and it did because like i was like 140 and you know like no real meat on my bones and i, I gained 10 pounds in those two weeks so i was like oh thank god i at least have something to work with now um so yeah uh we had to do that and it was good it's like a good bonding experience with the bros you know (laughs) like (laughs) going around vancouver together just walking around strutting our stuff and then uh and then doing the doing the job yeah so that's how it all started and that's how it all became real for me um so that's when I fell in love with it. I was like, this is what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life.
0: Yes. <laughs> dude. I, I love it. Well, it, and it's funny. You get every facet from every level of the acting experience, like the the cattle call, the mm-hmm. rough audition, and then them saying, Oh, this is actually how it works. That never happens. So they obviously liked dude. Yeah. Like, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. No,
1: I, think,
0: <laughs> I think having Stephanie Meyer in my, in my corner,
1: yeah. uh probably helped a bit i mean she's like she showed me the door and i'm like all right let me kick that door open <laughs> let's <laughs> do this I'll, I'll show up i'll do my end of the park
0: i that's have sick one with that mug oh dude yeah it's Get a mug <laughs> it's a it, it's a uh it's a decorative mug so i can't use it for anything uh-huh, right. But i just put but, i yeah, put my quarters in it. there when i oh you know.
1: cool yeah 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 <laughs> yeah i got this so i went out to china and uh this company pop life like they do all the, the vinyl dolls, right? The pop oh yeah, pop dolls. So um they invited me out there because they owned the rights to like Twilight, I guess, out in Asia. So they have all the pop dolls and stuff, and they're having like their first ever, um, like convention. There's ToyCon in China, and it's like government run and all that stuff, right? And so we go out there, me and my buddy Bronson, who's from Twilight, um and they took us to their headquarters and everything, and they brought us to their like prototype room or like all these like painted not not even painted and it's like it's, like the first first rendition you know, and they gave me like we had like you can pick two i was like okay and i saw this boba fett was, like, oh yeah it's like a bobblehead boba fett like jetpack boosters i was like this is sick i want to take this like wow that one's probably mm-hmm. gonna be that's worth like five grand shut up That's crazy. I still have it. It's like in my daughter's room.
0: So crazy, dude. That's I've always wondered, like, what it's like going through, you know, a company that wants to use your scan as a toy. Like, how surreal and weird that must feel. But at the same time, you're like. Mm-hmm. i'm gonna be a i'm gonna be an action figure man like, yeah this is i would rather yeah i'd rather be an action
1: figure than like a, a pop doll but yeah yeah for sure like that i wanted uh, there's one point when i wanted to get into like the toy business too like i kept looking up jobs from like hasbro like how yeah, yeah. to become like a toy creator or something uh but yeah a like, toy maker would be so sick i mean i grew up That was my escape, right? Just doing toys. Oh yeah. If because we only had like one TV, so it's like if I can't watch TV, watch my Dragon Ball Z, I can go to my room, just play with my toys, and not worry about the chaos ensuing outside my door.
0: Um. So yeah, (laughs) (laughs) dude. It well, I have a question for you, man. Like when it comes to just you're going from not really knowing where you want to go to suddenly you're part of this big blockbuster franchise. Like yeah what were what did you do with yourself during that like that must have it must have felt like a dream in a way you know like it was, a fog it was so <laughs> surreal man it's like, <laughs> like you're like you a dream state and it's yeah,
1: almost like you just completely go into a different life i don't know but this was when myspace was still a thing and so when they like first did like our promo shot like one of the first like wolfpack promo photos they put it out there Like the shot heard around the world and then I started getting like a flood in my inbox. And I was like, oh my gosh. Before I never had like the time of day from anyone, right? And so immediately I was like, oh my gosh, people want to talk to me. So I was like (laughs) going and like read every freaking message and try to respond to every single one. I was like, okay, now this is getting crazy. Oh buddy. It's like good and bad too. (laughs) Um, but then I don't know, it's like I was I just didn't know what to expect. so, you know, being in Vancouver, I started, that's when I first started, like, really drinking for the first time, with because I'm, like, 19, turned 19 on set, and uh, you can drink there legally in Vancouver, and then, like, my buddies took me to my first, like, strip club, and, you know, I just walk around, like, they're just, like, showing me, like, how the world is, and, like, this is the first time I ever left home, really, you know, and then, like, get to, like, flex my wings, so I was, like, just trying to do it all, you know, and, like, going around, like hitting up bars, like talking to girls for the first time, like, and going with a bunch of my friends, you know, like the whole wolf pack going out like, oh, we're going to go talk to people and like, just, hey, what's up? We're here shooting a movie, all this stuff, you know, like, so, so stupid. But I mean, <laughs> yeah, so it kind of like changed my whole perspective on life and outlook and made me think like, oh, well, maybe my life growing up wasn't, what i thought it was and maybe the things i was taught isn't so true you know so i started like questioning the whole existence and the whole upbringing i'm like "Wow, this is wild um um so it's like uh i don't know there's like this cognitive dissonance that kind of went on it was like i had to really struggle with like my identity and all this stuff um and so i kind of like had to find who i was and it it took a minute you know, I was like a dumb kid, and I thought I just thought I had the world at my fingertips at that point, and everything had just comes so easy now because uh, it was all so natural and organically how I just kind of fell into this, and you know, it's like a billion to one chance. I don't know, it's crazy. Um, and you know, I moved to LA November first, day after Halloween, 2009, after like I I already filmed New Moon. And it's about to come out in like 20 days. Mm-hmm. And so I was still in like Joker makeup and i wake up. I'm like, I want to move to LA. It's time to get out of the nest. You know, I was like living with my mom still uh, and her husband. And so my brother's like, oh yeah, I'll go with you. And I was like, okay. And I just bought this car. this Mazda, a protege, 1996 for like a grand yeah. <laughs> in cash, you know? <laughs> It was like a five speed, too. So we just went out, drove out, head straight to Santa Monica, Pier, And then we got out and, we're like, we made it. Now what? <laughs> oh, we should probably find lodging, huh? So we like pick up like a, a newspaper, we're like, oh, this is how you find <laughs> rentals back in 2009, right? <laughs> because we didn't have really like internet. I didn't have like a, a smartphone, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I had like a, a pay as you go phone so yeah uh, and then uh, so we look in the the ads and we find like this two-bedroom furnished uh, you know all all utilities included I was like oh this is cool uh, it's eighteen fifty a month is that a lot I don't know so <laughs> that uh, we just went we went there because like first time venturing out on my own you know I'm paying for my own place so we met up with the the building manager and he's like all right this is this is all right you guys can move in tonight I'm like oh wow that's so how does this what? no credit check or anything you know now you have to do all that to go to all these city to even get into a place it's crazy now but yeah so i don't know how that worked out the first day get our own but we didn't have to stay at a hotel everything first night and yeah. it's already furnished so you're like oh we don't have to do anything just buy like I'll go buy a PS3 real quick and get hooked that up to the TV, you know, and then have fun. Uh, And then then I met this dude who was, like, being my, like, everyday, like, go man, you know. He's just, like, kind of my publicist and also my assistant and just, like, did everything to try to get me, like, out there in Hollywood, you know. And so I did that for a minute. Just kind of, you know, it was just so weird. And then, like, my friends from back home, I haven't talked to since high school. Um, Cause we all like kind of split up after I moved to my mom's. Um, they like hit me up and I was like, Hey, you guys want to like move out here with me and uh, like start a band. Uh, we could do that. And like, I'll go out on auditions. And, like whatever people offer me, whatever I want. Right. <laughs> <I'm> like <laughs> this is easy." And then I started doing like these twilight conventions, getting paid fat for that. Like every weekend I'd be going away. And I was like, Oh, this will pay for my whole life all the time. Um, so it's, uh, so the, I moved into Westchester there right by LAX. So it was like, so close, just jump on a plane, go to these different cities and do these conventions, come back and like hang with the bros. Right. Um, and then eventually I had to kick my brother out. Cause like, we had this, this fight and I was like, dude, just go back to Arizona. You're not going to do well here. You're fucking with my my career basically all this stuff like we're just not doing good um so he went back and then i had my friends like ended up turning into like five other dudes living with me in this two-bedroom apartment and we would just like be partying all night and (laughs) eventually the building manager is like hey i got another spot down the way same thing um but more secluded and not Is noisy for your neighbors. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, let's do that. So we moved down the street. And um, that's, we had like our own little tiny garage. Like, that's where we started a garage band in there. And my buddy had this iMac. And so we'd like record like rough demos on there for our songs and stuff. And we called ourselves (laughs) Touche. And so it's like, this was my life now. Just waking up with my homies and making music and partying and then doing conventions and going out on auditions and not booking any of it because I didn't care about any of the material I was going out like on Disney and like Nickelodeon I was like I don't want to do this so I'd like be late to freaking auditions and stuff but not I wouldn't take it as serious because I was like oh this world's my oyster right and they they, they're lucky that I'm even coming to say hi Uh, and I wouldn't like take the time to actually like do well with the line readings and stuff so I just like I almost like kind of bit it and, and lost out on countless things you know um because I wanted to do more like gritty work and I wasn't coming and like I had this manager at the time uh he repped like Shia LaBeouf uh Cal Penn and um anyone else uh, wow. Adam Beach he's like oh you're the new Adam Beach we'll, let's sign you or whatever um but he turned out to be a like, real scumbag and uh he, he, he took me out to like my first agency meeting, which was with CAA, which was Creative artist Agency, which is like the big, huge agency yeah, out here. Um, but I don't know. I wasn't vibing, and I was so green, and I didn't really like know how to talk to people. You know, it was like, what do you talk to? Like these people wearing suits. You're like, am I allowed to just be myself, or do I have to be like super professional? And, like, be like, oh no, am I the business side of this, or am I the creative side? I, I guess that's what the managers for? I don't know. I'm so new to all this. Um, but so I ended up not working out with them. Then we met with like APA. So I signed with them finally and with them for like maybe a year. And then my manager dropped me cause I wasn't booking, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and then my agent, like, I don't know, he ended up doing some shady stuff. Cause I had my buddy Bill come out and I was like, Hey, could you like, you know, show him the ropes? Cause he kind of wants to be an actor too. And he's real good. Uh, he has a good like emotional depth to him, good soul. And he's like, yeah, I'll do that. And so he started living with the dude, and then the dude started like like making these like sexual advances on him. He's like, dude, I don't want that. Please stop. And he just wow. kept doing it day to day. I'm like, dude, I keep hearing like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? That's no, I don't, I don't play like that. I'm not gonna I'm trying to be like all predatory with my friend there. Like, no, nah, I don't want to work with somebody like that. So I dropped him, yeah. um which is. Great, but like at the same time, now I'm like, I don't have reps or anything, so I'm like, even more in the hole. It's like, oh my god, I'm gonna lose my acting career. Um, but I really should have just outed him at that point because this guy ended up getting outed years later by uh, I think Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things. Oh, I know you're talking uh, about Tyler Gresham. Yeah, Yeah, I was like, oh my god, like I should have done it then because then he wouldn't have done it to these other kids. Yeah, so messed up, man. Um, but yeah so i had to deal with that and um and then the band kind of like fell apart because we kind of got um screwed over um we were conned basically um long story short we like tried to get on a warp tour and this dude kept saying he was like a manager at interscope and all this stuff and he could get us on there and we're like oh it's good dude so we believed him we like went out and was like yeah we just got to catch up to the tour like, huh okay I don't know how any of this works it all sounds way too good to be true right all these red flags and I just didn't want to believe it we're like kids we're like we want this to be a thing uh so we ended up going to Indiana and I ended up spending all my money already and I'm like what the like you guys you said you're going to give us like a ten thousand dollar advance and I'm like footing the bill for everything and uh you know my friends didn't have jobs so like I paid for everything and I just bought the new equipment new instruments and all this stuff and then this dude's like saying, oh, Interscope will provide you guys with all new gear and stuff, too. And we'll get you like in-ears and like new mics, all this stuff, new amps. I'm like, well, that's it. Let's do it. And he's like, yeah, we'll get like the private jet to like send send some equipment. out." Like, huh? I don't know. It's like so weird. I'm like, no, this this has to be true, right? And so we're just like hauled up in this uh, hotel and we keep missing the tour, right? Like so convenient um and then and it was my girlfriend's birthday at the time and i was like i gotta get out of here guys like, i have no money i gotta go to my do- my girlfriend's birthday uh and it was just madness and so this dude's like okay i'll get the the private jet to swing by and pick you up and take you to la I'm like, okay cool can you guys drive my car back because <laughs> i'm like i was driving this nissan armada with all of us and we had a U-Haul full of our equipment, right? And um, yeah, no. So he took us to the airport, drops us off. Or Me and my buddy, Luke, and his girlfriend was like, oh, we want to go back too. And then I left the, the car with him. This dude, Robert Bramlin, a piece of crap. Just comment. And there's like a whole Facebook page with him where he's done this to so many people that they've no. made a Facebook page about it. Um, but uh, so yeah, he turned out to just be a real shyster and uh so I left my my other friends there other bandmates just high and dry at this hotel right and the dude hasn't picked up his phone he hasn't g- gone back to the hotel and he's like the pilot's gonna meet you guys curbside I'm like what? 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 what I was like I've never done like a private chat so I have no idea what he's talking about I'm like okay so just wait there like where's this guy we're like ca- calling him calling him I'm like no answer no answer I'm like no no, dude, this is not happening. Like the car, my, he has my car, my all the gear, and so I call up my friends at the hotel and I'm like, guys, this is the car downstairs? Where's Robert? Because uh, he just left us here, and there's no pilot. There's nothing. He's not answering his phone. So they go downstairs check, and they're like, yeah, the car's out front, uh, but the U-Haul is uh, it's been open, and all of our stuff is gone. And we like, oh shit so he just God. yeah he just freaking took us for a ride man and we were just too you know stupid to like want to believe it and um so that was a huge huge wake-up call and a huge like lesson in life you know And it's that's how i learned it's just these rough lessons so yeah. um so i ended up Uh, still flying back home because I was like, all right, guys, I got to like reset. I got to like leave the band and all this stuff and like really focus on my acting career because that's really the only viable thing right now. And I have to really focus on that because, you know, the conventions started drying up more and more and Mm. I wasn't making as much money and, you know, I didn't have any jobs, you know, and like other than the Twilight Saga, like this was and it was about to end, you know, there was like probably one more movie I had to do. And so I was like, I gotta buckle down here and get serious. And so I had them drive my car back to Arizona. So they had that for a few weeks while I was in LA, just like kind of processing it all. And then, um, I like broke up with my girlfriend. and Ended up moving back out to Arizona and like that after that summer. Uh, yeah. And then I was like, okay, let's do this. And then I was I hit up the friends. I was like, hey you think I can come back in the band? They're like, no, man, you left. Like, we've got our own thing now. See, so, yeah, it's like, oh, fine. all right, whatever. All right. All right. All right. I'll, I'll buckle down for real on this acting thing. So ended up like booking an indie role uh, in Canada called The Lesser Blessed is based off this book. And um, yeah, that's really how it kind of like turned around for me and I just started really, really getting into the work and trying to be better at my craft and really carve out a path. In a career for myself and you know did that and then a few years later did um this show called the red road on sundance with uh jason momoa you know and, uh, yeah. martin henderson julian nicholson Martin tooney you Gonino, all this great cast tom sizemore was in it and our director for the first episode is james gray which is a huge legend in our industry like director oh, writer who did uh like we own the night like one of my Favorite movies uh, with uh, Joaquin Phoenix, Mark Wahlberg, Robert Duvall, you know, and even Mendez. And also, he did like The Immigrant with, you know, Joaquin Phoenix and like Lost City of Z, Robert Pattinson, and Charlie Hunnam. So, yeah, that was like a huge thing. I was a turning point in my career, right? I'm like, oh, this is dope. I'm doing some like good drama with some heavy hitters. Aaron Guzikowski was the writer and showrunner, he did Prisoners and Contraband, you know. And Man. he did Raised by Wolves, at HBO show. And so I was like, this is awesome. And I loved Prison. That was one of my favorites, too. And so going on from there, uh, yeah, did two seasons of that. And then Momoa got Aquaman. Yeah, like, leave the show. And then he started doing Frontier. And then he brought that. And then he did that for a few. And then I did a couple of TV episodes here and there. A couple of indie movies here and there. And then, yeah. You know, it's crazy, like when you're living it, you don't know how it's all gonna turn out. But it's like thirteen years later and I'm so freaking grateful to to be here still and doing this. And it's like I'm still gonna be doing this till I die, you know, like um yeah, so here and there and then uh had a nice a nice movie out in Canada, Blood Quantum, the zombie film, so dope. Um premiered in Toronto and then it was supposed to go all across theaters in canada and some in the u.s even but uh the pandemic happened ah, so it yeah. shut all that down <laughs> like no I was like, Damn, <laughs> Damn. none of my movies get into theaters you know it was like <laughs> last one was like twilight so i was like dang it this was my chance to like get theater um box office you know um but then we did a deal with like shutter got on shutter and then that was great because that kind of like parlayed into to um like getting like roswell and stuff Mm -hmm. did a couple episodes of roswell new mexico on cw and then we showed blood quantum right before the pandemic at uh this film festival indigenous film festival in pechanga and the moderator is chris airy did smoke signals right and uh he also did um so tony hillerman wrote all these books right that's where we get dark winds from uh and he He's been a part of that since the '90s with uh, Robert Redford because Robert Redford had it the rights in the '80s to make these films. So he he did the first one, The Dark Wind, with uh, Philip or what's his name, Lou Diamond Phillips. Yeah, he played Chi, uh, Jim Chi, my character in Dark Winds. And uh, so it's just crazy to like see the progression there. And then in 2000, I think they did a a PBS like mini. Series thing, or they they did three episodes, um with with West Studi and Adam Beach playing Joe LePort and Jim Chee. Oh no way! So Chris directed two of those, and that's when I first went on a set and I met Adam Beach there because my mom like knew him and Wes and Chris. So they filmed that in Phoenix, and like so I went on set and I met Adam. And, you know he was playing Chee at the time, and we go to his like place he was staying at and we're like playing xbox playing some halo I'm <laughs> like i don't even have an xbox this is dope um and so it's kind of weird to kind of have that full circle moment to like come years later like yeah. 20 years later to do it and step into those shoes um and chris directing again producing and so he was there moderating um the the sh- screening of blood quantum in pachanga and he's like dude you fucking really got it man you're like you have a lot of power that he had i'm like what elvis i'm like oh what <laughs> okay <He's laughs> like yeah man you're the guy like you're a leading man you're a star you should be in my this show i'm developing with george rr martin i'm like huh what no that's like this isn't real um so like you know we talked and and we ended up um you know the pandemic happened so it's like we would have calls and stuff it's like yeah the writers room wants to like chat with you see what, it's what you know just get a get a feel for you and, and this time i was working at um my ex's um dad has all these animal hospitals around la so i got a job working there as like a vet tech um just to like you know yeah do stay afloat and not go insane because it's a pandemic right and yeah. you know i need a job and uh industry shut down so like i need i need to do something and like pay my rent and everything so uh, I was doing that, and it was really kind of hard to play like phone tag with these people, like on on Dark Winds. And then, so they're like developing with me in mind, and like Zon was uh, attached to it all Man. this time. They were going to do it with HBO, but then HBO passed because it was like too much like True Detective. Um, and then AMC jumped at it, and that was amazing because you know having Robert Redford and George R. R. Martin and all these great people attached to this project, and then a few months go by and it's you know in 2001 uh and they're finally like opening up uh, industry again and i just booked this role on reservation dogs which is great like i, I love, love that, that. they are holding it down for comedy <laughs> for natives right the yeah. representation on there so great and i'm, I'm glad to be a part of that I Do an episode of that and zon's on that show too uh freaking hilarious and uh <laughs> so i go out there i right before i go out there i have to do a, a self-tape for uh dark winds they like want me to read i'm like oh sweet this is that show they're talking about no way uh so i was so so i go to this place hot shot self-taping on adventurer because they like make these beautiful self-tapes and it's like just pops you know good lighting yeah. good sound um and so it's just i use that every time just so just because every time i do i get callbacks so it's awesome so i did that and i i go out to oklahoma to shoot this episode and Head up, on I'm like, hey, man, I just did the tape. He's like, yeah, I just saw it. Good, good work, man. Um, I've seen a lot of good actors on these tapes because he's an executive producer, so he's seeing on the tapes and he's mm-hmm. doing the casting as well. And uh, we meet up in Oklahoma, uh, and uh, he's just, we're just talking about the books and stuff and the show. And he's like, yeah, man, just be ready. Read these books. I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah, I think you're gonna get it. I'm like dude that's so awesome thank you oh yeah and uh, so he had my back from the start Chris had my back from the start and uh, so I found out like just recently when we premiered like when I was talking to the execs I was like yeah they only sent us one name and it was you and we approved I was like that's so cool after all the people that auditioned like I was I'm their guy that and uh, to have that support from those guys after all these years of failing right and having these nose and doors shut in your face and not taking it as serious as I should have but I really buckled down and I did it, and it's amazing to be here now and, and be a part of this. And we got a second season, and it's doing well. And the critics have a, like 100% consensus on the show, of being like, "This is a good show. You should watch this." And it's just such a humbling feeling, and, and and you just feel blessed to be a part of this this moment. It's historic, and I'm just glad to be a part of it.
0: Yeah, mate. well, dude, it's it's well deserved. I, I watched <laughs> the show. I think, yeah, we just had the finale a couple days ago. So, like, I watched yeah. the show because I, I, I will say, like, just backtracking really quick, like, I wanted to get you on this show because your journey itself has inspired me, man. Like, I've been at this for 10 years. Did my Jeez. first big movie, like, five years ago. And then it was no just, way. like, nothing for years. Yeah, dude. So, like, I did. peaks and valleys, dude. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I did Wind River. And then I get nothing. I do an episode of Walker. I get nothing. Jeez. I get pinned for a show. Nothing. I auditioned for Dark Winds last year for Bitsui's role. Oh, and no way. Yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. And he, like, yeah, yeah. totally understand why he got, like, f- look at his performance, man. Mm-hmm. That dude is amazing. Yeah, man. Yeah. But Where are you I- from? Dude, I'm based in Denver right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. so I've lived here most of my life. And, uh, you know, like like you, man, I just, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I'm, uh, you know, I'm half, <laughs> half native, still trying to figure out which tribe, though, because we can't seem to oh, really? lock that down. Really? Yeah, so... Like as this is blowing up, man, I I would look at all these native actors who are working. Like I Martin Sensmeyer taught me everything I needed to yeah, know on Wind River, yeah. and Like
1: Oh yeah. You work with him? Are you in that yeah. House scene?
0: Yeah, yeah. He was he was amazing. And then Graham just completely humble, gives you everything he's oh, got. Graham Green, man. He's yeah. Dude. Amazing, right? Yeah. So like yeah. when I, I reached out to your reps, I'm like, please come on this show, man. Cause I want to hear like what you've been yeah. doing. You, yeah. You hit like the star so quick, man. It's like, how do you keep that flame going? And brother, you're, you're killing it in dark it's winds. It's a mental,
1: mental battle, man. It, oh, thank dude, you. It's the
0: it's the toughest thing ever. So uh, yeah, I just, I wanted to, to, to brush your ego a little bit while we're talking <laughs> and just say like, thank you for continuing to go, man. Because the rest of us, we are still like pushing head. Same as you, like we're not alone in this yes, whole yes. journey. It's insane. But when stuff does hit, Boy, does it feel good! Like that is a beautiful feeling. So now you're, yeah, man. you you went from, you know, not really knowing where this is going to go to, dude. You're you're leading a series that was, you know, it, it is critically acclaimed, and you said it is authorized yeah. for season two, right? You're, you guys, yeah, greenlit.
1: we're we're greenlit, bro. This fall, uh, nice. we'll be shooting for like five months or something like that. Oh, uh, dude, but it's a quick, awesome. quick turnaround because like they, they're just now getting the writers room together for it to like. Pump out six more scripts in in like a month, like that's for a month and a half, and it's just that's a lot to do to put on a writer's shoulders to be like, okay, let's do it. But it's yeah. good. I mean, we are all the heavy lifting is basically done with Hillerman's books, right? Yeah, still, <laughs> so, yeah, we have that well to go to, and it's it's amazing. But I mean, also because we kind of amalgamated a lot of the the content. From the books, and also some of the characters that don't interact or show up way later in the series. Yeah, so it's it's kind of kind of make you have to make up a lot of stuff as well.
0: It's gonna be exciting, man. And mm-hmm. like, I I just realized like I got <clears throat> like five minutes left for what I what I was giving you. I don't want to take up too much of your time, man, because I, oh, I know you got a lot of shit to do, dude. Oh, no? it's all good. <laughs> Like, I don't know what he's up to. I'm not going to take too much of his time, but like, I I always ask, like, my guests if they have a party story that they could share. I think you just won the party story (laughs) within the first 20 minutes. So we're going to skip that question because you you did it. Yeah, we we buried it in the desert, man. No one's going to find that story. Oh my God. Uh, But the, you know, one of the final ones I always ask, it's a really important one. It's what sort of advice you have for artists who are either starting out right now. Or, you know, like yourself, have just been trying to build a career? Do you have anything you could pass on to the listeners?
1: Well, first, you got to find out that it's, you know, very deep inside your soul and you really want it and you have the burning desire to, to pursue a passion. And you got to really believe in it and believe in yourself and believe in your ability and just really take that and, and ride that. You have to. You have to focus. You have to really focus and put in the work and i learned that the hard way you know yeah. you got to be dedicated you got to put in the work you got to be passionate you can't just be like oh i want this because so and so is doing it you know i mean that's great you get the inspiration um and it's not about you know being famous or anything it's about doing it for the love of it you got to find that in your soul you want to have that that want to have that connection to yourself and to the rest of the world right you want to if you want to be an actor or whatever, you want to tell these stories and tell your truth and and lift up your own voice and and be seen for once, you know, for all those people who are misfit or now cast, like I was like, it's, it's been a, it's been a long time coming, man. And it's, it's a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of rejection, a lot of hurt, a lot of pain, but you can do it if, if you really want it you have to want it you have to want it and you you just just make sure you take care of yourself and um you know don't give in to the the people whispering in your ear that are just trying to like lead your way like lead your own way man like people try to tell me all the time how to live my life and how to go about doing this it's like dude there's no wrong way to do it you do it I'm. I'm gonna change that for me, for everybody else that comes before, like after me, because everybody before me did that. You gotta blaze that trail. Um, I know there's a lot of a lot of like trails that have already been done, and just, there's so many few paths to take now. But on your own, but you you can find it. You can find that. Carve it out. Um, you know, it's like a, a little piece of clay, and you gotta model it, and you know, just really make uh bold and smart moves um really just try to try to stay in a in a good good way you know just don't live outside of your means you know don't don't get too into all the i don't know the the drama the glitz and glamour that you see it's like that's not what it is you know it's about the work it's about what you want to do um so yeah just focus on that I don't know I'm really not the best at giving advice but you know just stay true stay true to yourself for real because that's really where it all comes down to like you know I tried to like come up with all these different ways to to be and how to be and who I was supposed to be or who I thought I was supposed to be and it's like no you know who you are just be that be that person you know and it takes a long time like you I was so reserved and in my shell for the longest time because so I didn't know how, because like how I was perceived in like high school, like everybody, you know, just kind of shied away from me and didn't, didn't want to be talking to me, you know, because I was like kind of fish out of a water, out of water living in like this Mormon town in Mesa. And I was like, I didn't really fit in there. Um, and I was really weird and I'm like really ADHD, right? I'm like running around screaming in the halls. I only had like two friends. Um, but yeah, so just, you know, do that, man. I know it's scary. It's a scary road. Um, but you know, it takes courage. And um, yeah, I uh I go through a lot to get here and it's not easy. It doesn't all come overnight. It may look like it, but it does you know. Yeah. I mean, I got lucky with my first big break, you know, <laughs> the first audition <laughs> I ever did. That's that doesn't happen for everybody, but it could. Yeah. So You know, stay ready, be prepared. Be prepared. Prepared. You know, you gotta prepare. Um whether whatever that means to you, like what what would be prepared in your eyes, you know, whether if you wanna have like a a chiseled bod, go to the gym, you know, like I take my own advice there. Like I don't go to the gym enough, you know. I'm trying to I'm trying to get a little (laughs) swollen but you know, do that. If you want to eat healthy, healthier, I mean, that's super hard for me. Like I'm the worst, like just, really? I'd rather just go to in and out and just like have a burger, you know, it's like easy, easy food. But cause I just don't have the, the patience or the time to really cater to myself and like really take care of myself in that way sometimes. And it's hard and it's like any young people out there like start it now cause it's hard to break these, these bad habits you get into when you get older. And stretch, make sure you stretch. Cause you get, you get tighter and tighter. <laughs> the older you get, like stay <laughs> loose. Stay loose, stay ready, man. Be prepared, yeah. that's what it is. Put in the work, <laughs> be humble, be nice, be grateful, be kind to everyone, be a little more kind. You know, be the golden rule, man. Yeah. Treat everybody how you want to be treated. And if you want to be a, a snake, Nah, dude. I don't I don't I don't mess with you. <laughs>
0: so, yeah. That's it. I don't know. I don't know. Hey man, for someone who says, you know, you're you're not great at bestowing wisdom, there were like fifty thousand golden nuggets in that again. <laughs> <day. Man. laughs> that was that was absolutely perfect. And uh yeah, I think the golden rule is the best rule to live by, especially right now, you know? Yeah. Hollywood's not tolerating Dicks anymore. So. Ah, I'm so happy about that. <laughs> oh my
1: god, everybody's like always making these jokes. You're Like, oh, you got to do this to get these roles. I'm like, nah, I never would have compromised myself in that way. No. I mean, I get a lot of you know advances and offers to do that, and it's like, no, bye. Never <laughs> talk to that person again. I don't care who they are. Like, that's <laughs> no, nah, I don't mess around like that, dude. No, like,
0: no. Nah, nah. And look where, that's, look where that attitude is, has brought you, man. Exactly. See, you don't kind of, have to take the shortcuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I
1: know. It, it would have been easy, but.
0: Uh, well, here, I'll, I'll ask an, an easier one after that one. Uh, I give shout outs and promotions in each episode in the show notes. Outside of dark ones, because obviously we're going to promote that. Is there anything else that you want to promote, man? Like It could be oh. something you enjoy, charity, organization, yeah. just like anything, man. I
1: mean, there was, sorry, I have to mention uh, this movie I did before the pandemic. It okay. I was in Boulder, Colorado. It's called what? Quantum Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. I was doing it. He was at the director, writer, producer is actually a professor there at, uh, at Boulder. Um, and um, he like reached out to me and like, offered me this lead in this role. It was called Cowboy on a zebra at first, and then it like changed to like Boarding House Reach, and now it's called Quantum Cowboys. And it just premiered over in, um, at the Annecy Festival, Animation Festival in, uh, in um, Paris, or not Paris, somewhere in France. <laughs> so they went there, I think they won like an audience award or something for a bunch of things, and then moved to like the Champs-Élysées Festival there. I wish I could have gone, but I was promoting Dark Winds premieres at the time. And then they went to to Munich, I think, and so they were just doing great in these festivals. And then yeah, so it's this great script, but it's just like this, you know, like this metaphysical, like time traveling, um western multiverse type movie. It's just crazy. And there's like all these different animation styles used in it. So each universe basically, each timeline is basically a different animation. And also there's live action. We shot it all on the green screen in this big giant barn and it was middle of October, would, like be snowing all the time. So they had to like erase all that out of it in the post because we're supposed to be in Tucson, Arizona. <laughs> um, so like, yeah, to make it look all everything. Mean, so it's all just hand-drawn painted and all that stuff too. And like rotoscoped, all these different cells, like stop motion, cutouts. Um. So that was just wild, doing that with uh, my boy John Way, this new up-and-coming dude. Um, Lily Gladstone, who's killers of the flower moon. Um, she's she's great. She's awesome in it. So it's like we're just like this trio going around looking for some meaning in life, you know. And uh, and then David Arquette's in it, and this other dude, Frank Mosley. And Grant, uh, sorry, um, uh, what's his name? <laughs> why can't I remember this legend? Gary Farmer, sorry. Oh no remember way. Gary? Uh Gary Farmer's <laughs> in it. And uh Jeff Marslett, he's the director of thing Uh and he he's actually in it too. He he acts and um they're just a wonderful little eclectic cast, man. Uh we have like Nico Case, um, this musician, uh Hal Gelb, uh who helped write it and did all the music for it. He's he plays this musician in the show. And uh it's just awesome have like this whole group and like I was, it was the first time I like had to lead a movie and it was so fun. It's like one of the most fun I've had on sets and you know, it's like being uh, like one or two on the call sheet. Like you got to really bring it to the set and like have like a, a good energy and like you set the tone basically. So it's really fun to do that. Um, and it's just beautiful, beautiful story. And so, yeah, I just have to like, give it a shout out to that, and also um, just all these um, uh, the native alliance then too, um shout out to them, um God, there's so many people that are just like, I can't think of names right now,
0: um, no, you're gonna like yeah, no pressure for like a a huge list or anything, but like i I always try to shoot for like a project and then. An organization somebody really cares about or cares about and it mm-hmm. it's always something new it's never the same thing twice yeah yeah so yeah that's that's perfect dude this this whole interaction has been great man like one i'm glad you're feeling better yeah thank you yeah, yeah, thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah no uh yeah because there's like sometimes where i'm like you know i can't i can't pull it together and bring yeah. my my a-game and be like oh let's have a conversation right now like <laughs> I don't want to be like stuck in a stupor of thought and be like, uh, wait, what? <laughs> so yeah, just thanks for uh, rescheduling with me.
0: Oh yeah, dude. Um, I'm, and I'm glad I'm... I got a chance to to chat with you. Yeah, me too, man. Hey, I'm an unemployed actor. I'm just, I'm doing this for, mm. for fun and it's just <laughs> been, it's been great, man. That's I, awesome. It's, uh, and you know what, dude, it was awesome that you recognize I have a Rocketeer poster behind me. That's <laughs> no one's ever realize that so that oh, hits home yeah, pretty hard so man cool. yeah I mean, I, uh, <laughs> that was a huge huge for me i was like i want to be the rocketeer when i grow up bro dude they're doing a reboot you never mm-hmm. know i know david oh. a yellow was leading it but dude, they have yeah, any I natives that would have
1: been so dope i be like damn i've been sick to be the rocketeer seriously
0: <laughs> it would have been <laughs> awesome yeah. man yeah
1: yeah
0: well, really, I, I have i have one more thing before i stop the recording here and you, you've seen wayne's world right Oh, of course. Okay, thank God, dude. You're the first person in probably 30 interviews. What? Uh Yeah, That's <laughs> yeah. one Did I had was like number 65.
1: You
0: no, know, nobody, nobody knows about it. If they do, they go, yeah. But oh, you can no, tell dude. they haven't seen it. Uh, yeah. So remember, they do the uh, <laughs> they've had the blue screen behind Wayne and Garth, and they're kind of like they're nervous and a little awkward. Well, mm-hmm. my final like moment for this podcast is what we call an awkward goodbye where i do the cameraman three two one countdown silently and when i point to you give me your best verbal awkward goodbye and then i'll stop the recording you think you can be uh, super, super awkward as awkward as yeah, possible yeah <laughs> all right brother let's do it let's do it in uh
1: i just wanted to um uh i guess say bye but not bye just see you later, I guess. I, I don't know. Um, bye. No, see you later. Yeah. Sorry. See you later.